At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is the Denver City Cast with Holden Kushner, presented by Bet Rivers. It is Holden with Eason. It is the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers, and it is the last show that we will do uh, without talking very much Denver Broncos. We will be going 100% into the Broncos starting next week. Uh, for now, we've got a busy, busy Nuggets week once again. We'll talk Nuggets. I got a best bet for the Rockies and the Diamondbacks tonight. Today is Bobby Bonilla Day, where it's the worst contract in the history of the world. Uh, we'll talk about the worst contracts in the history of Denver sports. And then the Pac-12. What is Colorado going to do now that USC and UCLA are bolting? Our guest today, Nate Kreckman, Altitude 92.5. Talk to him about the Pac-12. Talk to him about the Nuggets. Uh, Kevin Durant, probably too. Little Avs, maybe a little Rockies, little Broncos, little Broncos. So maybe there is some Broncos in the show today. Joel Rush, Nuggets analyst for Forbes. He'll join me. We're going to break down everything going on with the Nuggets. And then Joe Madden, my friend from the Joe Madden podcast. She'll be hopping on too. But we'll start here. The Nuggets plus 1,400 to win the NBA championship next season. That's 14 to 1. You lay down $100, you get 1,400 back. They have just signed Bruce Brown to a two-year $13 million contract. I like this deal a lot. Okay? Bruce Brown was uh, out there with the Nuggets and following the trade of James Harden with the Nuggets, with the Nets, I should say, following the trade of James Harden and after the All-Star break, dude averaged 14.2 points per game, shot over 50%. And why is this big? Because I think that when Michael Porter Jr. misses 50 games, this dude's going to have to hop in 
and be a big part of it. I don't expect him to score 14 points per game, but here's what he does. He could play both guard spots. He could play small forward. He scored nine points per game full season last year. A couple of assists a game. Five rebounds per game right there. And 40% three-point shooter. So everything that the Nuggets need, this guy has it. He's 25-year-old. He doesn't need the ball on offense. He can switch to virtually anybody defensively. So this is huge, huge stuff that we're talking about here. This is a great move. Uh, probably take an Austin Rivers spot on the roster. Okay? So here you go again. Somebody that's a guard, small forward, that can defend the wing, can shoot the three. Calvin Booth, he had a plan, and the plan right now looks pretty good. Uh, it's it's kind of like the Death Star in Return of the Jedi, except it's not going to get blown up uh, by Lando Calrissian. Okay? It's going to be fine. Other news, Nikola Jokic, five-year, 264 million Supermax contract. That has been signed. Same day the Avs had their parade. Richest deal in NBA history. His fifth season is a player option making $60 million in 2027-28. Yeah, I think he's going to pick that up. $60 million. DeAndre Jordan comes over, so no more DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, Jordan, backup center. He's with the Lakers Sixers. Four points, five and a half rebounds per game in 13 minutes. You know, you're not going to need him for much more than 13 minutes a game. But um, it, it's interesting. I wonder if Booth thinks that he can revitalize his career here, just playing behind Jokic. If he can, great. If he can't, not a great deal. Uh, so up in the air on that one. Love the Brown deal. The Jordan deal, 50-50. And then Davon Reed, two years, standard deal. He'll be on the roster full-time. Last year, we was up and down on that two-way con two contract. It was just a lot. So uh, I think he comes off the bench now. I think they're going to see him. Uh, we're going to see him a little bit more. He was a good shooter. He was a good defender. I like what he was doing. So here's the starting five right now. Jamal Murray, KCP, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic. Gordon could go back not having to guard the best guard on the other team. He could just be Aaron Gordon now. Uh, again, the starting lineup when MPJ is out for 50 games or so. I think you just slide Bruce Brown in there. The bench right now, I like it. Uh, Bones, Bruce Brown, Najee's going to be there. Cancar uh, might be back here sooner and later. Ish Smith, if he sticks around. And then Davon Reed. And you also add in Christian Brown. So the, the, it's a much already a much better and deeper bench than what you saw with this team last year. I think it's a good, I, I think it's a nice, comforting. I would say it's comforting. It should be comforting for Nuggets fans knowing GM moves on. You got another GM here, and it seems like he's addressing all the situations that you would hope that he would be addressing. Okay, that was number one on the Front Range 4-4. Four, four biggest sports stories on the Front Range. Joel Rush from Forbes going to join me a little bit later on in the program. We'll dig into the Nuggets a little bit or a lot more with him. Let's go to number two on the front range for, I got a Rockies bet tonight. Diamondbacks in town taking on the Rockies. Right-hander Merrill Kelly, six and five, three, six, four ERA against Antonio Senzatella, three and four and a four, six, six. Let's remember Senzatella has been pretty darn good when pitching at home. The Diamondbacks are 34 and 42, a game ahead of the Rockies out of the cellar in the division in the NL West. Diamondbacks, not good team, and they're not good on the road at 15 and 20. Rockies, 
Decent team at home at 21 and 20, 33 and 43 on the year. I think it's a toss up as to who wins the series. Bet Rivers had a special at plus 105 for the Rockies to take two or three. But tonight, uh, yesterday, I hit this at even money. This morning, I hit it at minus 115. I'm seeing it at minus 121 now for the Rockies on the money line. So a lot of money came in on the Rockies here. A lot of sharp money came in. Uh, Merrill Kelly at Coors Field has an 815 ERA and 17 and two-thirds innings. He's given up four home runs in that time. We know that the Rockies can hit at home. So if you want to go Diamondbacks on Bet Rivers plus 104, you want to go Rockies minus 121. The total here is 11 and a half. The question is, does Arizona get enough? Let's just say you get six runs from the Rockies. Does Arizona score seven? Let's say you get seven or eight runs from the Rockies. Does Arizona clean it up enough? That's enough for me just to stay away from that side of things altogether. Altogether. So again, Senzatella Rockies minus 121. That is my official play for the Denver City Cast today. Number three on the front range for it is Bobby Bonilla Day. For those of you that don't know, Bobby Bonilla, years ago, years ago, um, this is in the 90s, he uh, signed a big contract with the New York Mets, and he's going to get paid $1.193 plus million dollars through 2035 as a 59-year-old. This is widely regarded as the worst contract in the history of sports. The Mets. They got nothing out of Bobby Bonilla. So with that in mind, let's go look at the worst contracts in Denver sports history. I was trying to find a good one with the Nuggets. J.J. Hickson, I guess, pops up. But for the most part, the Nuggets I'm going to leave out. You could say Kenyon Martin, but Kenyon was on that 2009 team. You know, the money he got, he really didn't pay off. But still, I'm going to leave that alone. So if you want to look up J.J. Hicks and go for it, I'm going to go elsewhere for the worst contracts here. Let's start with the Broncos. What do you think is the worst contract with the Broncos? Hit me up on Twitter, by the way, at Holden Radio, if you want to chime in on this. I think it's Daryl Gardner, the defensive tackle, who was here back in 2003. Uh, probably the worst free agent signing, right? He signed to a $35 million contract over seven years. He got suspended because he got in a fight at IHOP. He played five games, two starts, eight tackles for a $35 million contract over seven years. I, I think, you know, if it's any different, please tell me. I guess the only other guy could be Josh McDaniels, right? <laughs> Josh McDaniels, just a disaster. He scored, what, he, he scored a four-year $11.9 million contract. And he got a buyout and he was just, it was a complete mess here. So much um, drama. You don't need the drama. They were so bad under him. He beat Belichick, went nuts and everything after that just went to hell. So I think Josh McDaniels, maybe he's the worst. He's not a player, but maybe he's the worst free agent signing there. Um, I'll get to the Rockies because the Rockies have multiple players, but I do want to talk about Ryan Smith of the Avalanche. I think that this was the worst, okay? Um, they liked him. They, they wanted to try and win one more year. And when they tried to win one more year, they signed this guy. He got a uh, 31-year-old, five years, 31.25 million, okay? And that's about a six and a quarter million on the salary cap, and he just wasn't good. 
He was only here two years. He just played 55 games and he had 40 goals. Um, so, I mean, that's nice, right? 40 goals, 55 games, but 55 games on that type of contract, what a bust. Uh, signed the five-year deal with the Avs. After two years, they traded him to the Kings and didn't get too much in return. Uh, the last two guys I want to talk about on Bobby Bonilla Day, worst contracts in the history of Denver sports. That will be Mike Hampton, who, again, was a former Met, uh, said he wanted to come out to Denver because of the school system. Well, I think the eight years, $121 million is probably uh, something pretty big that lured him here as well. He had his first 10 starts. He was great. He was 7-1 with a 2-6-5 back when wins and ERA mattered. Uh, but in his last 52 starts, he went 14-28 and with a 6-4-6 ERA. He did hit 315 with 10 home runs. I mean, that was pretty good. He's always a very, very good hitting pitcher, but boy, was he bad. That might be the worst contract in Denver sports. That, that is the worst contract in Denver sports. Denny Nagel, who they also brought on, so two left-handers, five years, $51.5 million. They brought him in. Oh, we're going to have a great one-two punch here. No, no. Uh, he was here three seasons. The last one, he was injured. He had a 5.57 ERA and 72 appearances. And uh, he allegedly, I don't even think it's alleged anymore. He solicited a prostitute. So in 2004, they said, that's enough. Uh, we're done with you. You stink. So I think the Hampton deal is probably the worst, right? Daryl Gardner, number two. Denny Nagel, number three. Ryan Smith, number four. Maybe J.J. Hicks in five. And if you had to add Josh McDaniels in there, he would probably be, because the Broncos are so big here, he might be the worst. He might be the worst contract that they've given to anybody here. Right, that was number three on the front range four. Let's go to number four in the front range four. Four biggest sports stories on the front range. Um, it's actually two things here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to do five, front range five. So UC, USC and UCLA bolting for the Big Ten. No later than 2024. Pac-12 movement, right? Here are the conference odds on Bet Rivers. Uh, the Buffs are in the cellar at 250 to 1. Uh, you lay down what? $100? What's 250? What is that? $2,500? $25,000? 25? Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot, no matter what. My math is really bad. Uh, USC is the favorite at plus 200. Utah, second favorite, plus 240. Oregon, plus 250. And then there's everybody else. And the Buffs team total remains at three and a half. I'm going to talk some more college football going forward now. I think it's just about college football season. But Colorado team total remaining at three and a half. Juice to the under, minus 136, plus 110 to the over. So the Pac-12 is really making its first Big, 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 big change since CU joined back in 2011. And being a Big 12 guy, being a Kansas guy, I was very disappointed. I always loved the rivalry uh, with Colorado, um, whether it be basketball or football. It was, it was fun. Those two teams had known each other for a long, long time. So they get Utah and Colorado back then. And um, we're going to have a cataclysmic change here in the Pac-12 and really across the nation over the Big 10. So we'll see how fast those two teams get out of here, too. It could be moved up. The timeline could be moved up. So the Big Ten and the SEC are going to have 16 teams. The Big 12 is going to have 14 after their realignment. And what do you got? Pac-12 with 10? Are they going to go out and sign six teams? 
here, here's my thing. I want to see Colorado back into the fold in the Big 12. Please. Why would the Big 10 be interested in Colorado, right? Well, I mean, they are in Denver. It's Colorado, Nebraska. I think outside of that, there's not too good of a reason. The Big 12 can get these guys back in the fold because Colorado is a pretty desirable market. The Denver market is a big one. It is growing, and it's in a part of the country where there's really no other big markets. So for me, I would like to see Colorado head back to the Big 12, which will really be the Big 16. Okay, so last but not least, I want to talk about the Avs parade yesterday. They were saying a half a million people, 250,000 people. I don't know how many were there. It was awesome, though. A lot of drunk avalanches, uh, avalanche players. Stanley Cup got dropped again. Uh, in an after party, but um, big head Todd and the monsters. Come on, Avs, you can do better than that. That was the headlining act at the concert at Civic Center Park. I mean, Blink 182, nothing to brag about, but that would have kind of been nice, right? There was no all the small things. Boo, boo, but yay, Avalanche Stanley Cup champions. We'll leave it on that. Big head Todd and the monsters. Most of you probably have not even heard of them unless you were there yesterday or you were alive in the early 90s. So, Nate Kreckman, Altitude 92.5. I'm going to talk to him about uh, what? Broncos, Pac-12, Nuggets, KD, Avalanche, Rockies. A lot to get with him. Joel Rush with Forbes to talk Nuggets later on and the flurry of moves that the Nuggets have made. Joe Madden joins me as well from the Joe Madden podcast. We just like to BS and have fun. Stick around. Kreckman's next. Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. Baseball is here, and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every Saturday throughout the season. Place a three-leg same-game parlay of at least $25, and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same-game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the Bet Rivers app or go to BetRivers.com. Must be 21, must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Oh, Nate Kreckman, Altitude 92.5. Always good to talk with Mr. Kreckman, host of Kreckman and Lindahl, 2 to 6, Monday through Friday on Altitude 92.5. So much going on. I haven't caught up with you in a while, so we got a lot to catch up on, pal. The Avalanche, I know they're helping uh, the station. I hope they're helping you out yep. on your show. Big yep. fan of you and Lindahl. Uh, let's face it, man. This was awesome. What a great run. You had their, the, the drunk fest yesterday. Mm -hmm. You had the just steamrolling through the Stanley Cup playoffs. Mm -hmm. Give me some thoughts on the Avs run now that you can look back at it. It was uh, as dominant a championship run as really as, as I can recall. This is, you know, this, this was... 72 win bulls kind of kind of territory where you talk about a team that won 56 games in the regular season had uh, had 119 points which was a franchise record and then went into the postseason with only two losses getting to the finals they go six games against uh you know a, a damn near dynasty in the tampa bay lightning and they go 16 and four and they win the stanley cup um, it, 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 it was a team that was the best in their sport, wire to wire. 
Um, they had two guys in, in McCarr and McKinnon that are transcendent future Hall of Famers. Um, just, just unbelievable talents. Um, arguably, both of them the best in their position uh, in the entire sport. A, a masterful job of roster construction on the part of Joe Sackick. Um, patience, an organization that just um, that, that knew they were good. They knew they were this good, and they just knew with the with the right uh, moves around the edges and in the, the right timing and everything else that they were going to be able to do this. Um, just it, unbelievable to get to follow this thing. You know, Holden, you've been doing this a long time. I've been doing this a long time. We, we've paid attention to it. There are championships that are won in sports that I, I, I hate to use the word fluky, but, you know, sometimes just the, the right circumstances conspire and a team gets uh, hot at the right time or they run into banged up clubs um, along the way and the matchups just fall their way. Um, all, all of those kind of things can happen and, you know, great teams to be sure, but you look back on it and you wonder like, were they really the best? This avalanche team, um, is one of the great teams in the history of the NHL. And, and I think that their run exemplifies that and to have done it in the salary cap parody driven era of the sport where it's so hard to do, um, phenomenal, just, just absolutely phenomenal. That, that's the thing I'm going to take away from this thing the most was just how damn good this team was yeah and they won with a i guess in the playoffs darcy kemper was a completely average goaltender you yeah far and so had to come in too but i know two i've never bet teams. yeah yeah it was average average I, and actually it was below average for game seven yep. but or game six i should yeah, say they never even saw but, game seven never faced elimination no yeah i'm freaking out here thinking there's a game seven <laughs> so <laughs> I don't bet back-to-back -back champions. Mm -hmm. I just don't do it. Yeah. I've never done it before. Yeah. Should have done it with the Lightning. I might do it here with the Avalanche. I, I don't know what they're doing goal. They got some big pieces coming up. Oh, yeah. Kadri, Nachushkin. But, man, this is just the by far the most talented team in the NHL. Yeah. I, I, I don't even think it's close anymore. No, I think they just showed that, that much dominance that they put on display in the postseason. Like, Tampa was the next best team in the NHL, and the Avs – Kind of kicked their ass. I mean, Edmonton was the team they got in the Western Conference Finals. They swept those guys. That series was never even particularly close. So, yeah, the, this Avalanche team, you know, that all of the makings of a potential repeat champion. And Joe Sackick, um, they're, they're set up for the future. There's still good young pieces on this team that I think are ready to step into some bigger roles. Yeah, there, there's going to be hard decisions to make. you got to pay the championship tax. And uh, there, there are some guys, I think Nachushkin's going to cash in. I think Kadri, uh, we talked about this yesterday, of uh, you look at the, the deal that Kevin Fiala just got with the LA Kings, that kind of serves as a blueprint um, for, for what Kadri and Nachushkin's markets are going to look like a little bit. Those guys are going to get paid really well. There's going to be some guys that aren't back. Um, but the, the, the core is in place. There, there's, there's not a single piece of this championship core, um, you know, and, and I mean McKinnon, McCarr, Landeskog, Ranton, and Taves, um, your five most valuable players on your team, every single one of them is back next year. So, Nate, I want to get into the Pac-12. I think this is fascinating here because yeah. I miss Colorado being in the Big 12 yep. as a Kansas guy and a guy that grew up with that rivalry. USC, UCLA are leaving. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of teams that the Pac-12 needs to get here. 
Uh, Denver is a sexy market mm -hmm. for colleges. Mm -hmm. Is Colorado staying in the Pac-12? Does my Big 12 have a shot to land them? What do you think happens with CU here? I don't know if the Pac-12 exists anymore, right? Like, you lose the L.A. schools. That's your that that that's your base that's the anchor of your entire league you know you you take that market and those teams out of it and th this was already arguably an irrelevant league and and now you you lose those powerhouses and you lose that market now um as a graduate of the university of illinois uh, I look forward to the long-standing tradition of rivalry and hatred between uh, my Illini and uh, USC and UCLA. I'm, I'm just excited about that geographic rivalry. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was going to school in a cornfield in the middle of the state of Illinois, all I could think was, I hate those L.A. guys. So, yeah, that's that's a natural college football rivalry. Um. <laughs> I need Cordell Stewart going back to Memorial Stadium. Yes. That's what I need. Well, you know, it, Kansas is going to suck anyway, so you might as well. Colorado's going to be horrible this year, too. Yeah, they had two winning seasons in 16 years. It's a garbage program. Um, yeah. I, I mean, let's just call it what it is. They're not good. Basketball program's good. Tad's good. But the football program has been atrocious. Um, it's – look. I think these Pac – the Pac-12 has got a, a decision that they need to make. And, and I – the, 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 these are my two theories on this, and they're backed up uh, out of nothing except my own weird, stupid brain, okay, is um, the Pac-12 schools can try and hook up with what remains now of the Big 12, with OU and Texas leaving. Um, you still got the Texas schools. You got a couple of Kansas schools. You got your, you got your Iowa State in there. Let's not forget Iowa State. Uh, but what remains of the, the Big 12 and try and pair that up into some sort of west of the Mississippi uh, not-so-super conference, okay? And they can put that together and that that could sort of exist as their competition for the Big Ten and the SEC. My assumption is the SEC will pilfer what remains of the, um, of the ACC, um, you know, Florida State, Miami, Clemson, those attracted schools that remain in the ACC, uh, Notre Dame will have to make their pick between the Big Ten or the SEC, but they'll jump in with one of those. Um, you know, and the Big Ten might not be done with the West Coast. Uh, they, they could be. By going to L.A., they've shown that there's no such thing as geographic boundaries. So uh, Oregon, Washington, um, Arizona, Colorado, uh, to me, and, and the Denver market maybe could be of interest to the Big Ten. So those are also possibilities. Or um, the other thing that I've thought about is just like, okay, does the Pac-12 say screw it? And do they try and build some sort of, of, you know, West Coast conglomerate that can still exist? And that would include, you know, grabbing onto uh, the, the higher tier of the, of the group of five schools on this half of the country. If I'm Colorado State, I'm certainly interested in that. Boise State, San Diego State. Um, could be a possibility right there. Gonzaga, St. Mary's for basketball. Um, those those are also possibilities um, that, that I'm looking at right now. But m my guess here is that the Big Ten just explodes and go to, goes to 24. The SEC does very much the same. And then whatever remains, um, and, and my guess is Colorado's on the outside looking in, that CU becomes a part of whatever remains in the remnants of the Big 12 and the Pac-12. Yeah, uh, Big 12 
get the Denver market in there. Yeah. I mean, that's really all these all these conferences are looking at anymore. Yeah. Are you in a big city? That's why Rutgers got an invitation to Big Ten. Yep. That's why Maryland. That's why the LA Ten. schools. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, all these guys. Big they're, 10 they're right all going out. Maryland, then, yeah. Um, uh, they, they got the New York market with Rutgers. Uh, they have the L.A. market, obviously, with the two L.A. schools. Uh, they have the Chicago market that they've got in place. They got Philly with uh, with Penn State, and um, and, and they got D.C. Five of those they got biggest markets that, that they've got right now. They got everything. Yep. They really do. Yep. SEC is still king in football, but uh, – uh, now you got the Big Ten that might make a little run here if USC or UCLA can have some sustained, uh, terrific performances. Well, it's funny, okay. too, like, CU fans yeah. will go, like, well, why doesn't Nebraska just go back and reform the Big 12? Nebraska's never leaving the Big Ten. Never. Once, you, once you're yeah. in that door, you don't leave. You don't you don't. It was a bad move. Place. Yeah, you stay there. It was a bad move. Nebraska hasn't been good since it did it. Penn State but hasn't been as good. The point isn't to win, Holden. The I point know. is to make money. And it financially Correct. was a brilliant move. Correct. It's been bad moves for a lot of schools. Yeah. They haven't been as successful, but they're making more money. The fans don't care. It's the... The commissioners, the people that are running the universities that like it. Okay. It's just damn comedic to me about this. Is any anybody that may have, may have forwarded the argument of NIL has destroyed the soul of college athletics? F you. Okay? Yeah. College athletics great. destroyed college athletics. You guys care nothing for rivalry or anything else. It is to be a money-printing operation. And quite frankly, at this point, why does the NCAA even have to exist? You don't need it. You absolutely don't need it. Let these leagues run independently and save a bunch of money. Um, we're going to move on to the Nuggets now. Good. I, I like everything that's going down. Well, I mean, you're really on your soapbox there in the Pac-12. Well, so I know how to get you going. I'm passionate. I know how to get you going. Piss me off. Um, love the Bruce Brown move today. Yep. Love KCP. Yep. They're transforming their bench. Yep. They've got a couple of 3 and D guys. Mm -hmm. This is already a much better team. It is. I, I like Brown because Porter Jr. is going to miss at least 50 games. Ah. So at least he can kind of squeeze in there. <laughs> now Aaron Gordon doesn't have to guard the best guard. The DeAndre Jordan signing, fine, <laughs> whatever. No. I mean, it's Go get over it. What are your thoughts? That's a bad deal? You don't like the DeAndre Jordan one? DeAndre Jordan's atrocious. I like everything else that they've done. I, I really do. All right. Um, that, that's, and, and you know what? We're talking about a backup center uh, with a team that's got the two-time MVP at the position. So it's it's a lower-profile move. Um, he's arguably the worst player in the NBA. Uh, that said, um, I, I do like a lot of the moves. I like the way that they have reformed their starting five. KCP is a perfect addition to this team. Um, I like Bruce Brown a lot. Dynamic scorer, uh, defender, all those kind of things. Now... It's interesting because you bring up Porter in the injury situation. And uh, we're not going to pretend as though it doesn't exist. But to me, a lot of what the Nuggets have done this offseason, they seem to me to have been operating with the assumption that he's healthy. That's what it looks like to me. It, it looks as though they have operated with the assumption that they think that Porter um, is going to be healthy. Now, I, that doesn't mean he's going to be. That that doesn't mean uh, that, that he won't get banged up and potentially have another back injury. But this thing on paper with a healthy Michael Porter Jr. 
is a contending team here at the moment. And that, to me, is what it looks like they've built their team towards. Because if Porter isn't able to play, then you're starting Uncle Jeff again. You're really relying on Zeke Naji to step into a bigger role. And you're very, very thin uh, in your front court. If you have Porter in there, you got something special. If Calvin Booth is not, okay, if Calvin Booth is not have the plan there expecting Porter Jr. to miss time, then that is absolutely stupid and ridiculous. That's all I could tell you. It's just not happening. He doesn't stay healthy. We've seen this his whole career going back to college. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. they better have the backup plan there. And if they end up not having a playoff run because Porter Jr. is not available, then that's on Booth. Well, that's on the front office. But, but also, I mean, consider it this way. The only way that this team wins a championship, which they believe they're in a championship window, the only way they do that is with a healthy and contributing and height of his powers, Michael Porter Jr. If they don't have that, they cannot win an NBA championship. And that's even with all of the brilliance of Nikola Jokic, um, with, with his, as much as I like Jamal Murray and all of what I think have been smart moves and and improving their perimeter defense, which was their greatest weakness, uh, which is now almost arguably a strength for this team. But unless they have a fully porter, uh, healthy Porter, uh, a, a bouncy and, and shooting Michael Porter Jr., they're not going to win a championship. Then they're not winning the championship. Wow. Unless the guy is healthy come playoff time. I'm serious, man. Yeah. I just, I think it's just irresponsible going to a city or to a season saying, oh, this guy's going to be healthy the whole time because he's not. He's not. I mean, I'd set the over under at 50 and a half games played, wow. but I would, I, I would put the juice at like, you know, wow. minus 180 to the under. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's again, like I, I can't sit here and, and try and defend uh, my, my hopes, which is all they are. Uh, I can't tell you uh -huh. you're wrong. I, I really can't because uh, he does not have a track record of staying healthy, but if this last surgery did what it was supposed to do and he has spent his offseason strengthening and everything else like that, um, if you got a healthy basketball player and you get 65 games out of that guy and you get him healthy in the postseason, you can win an NBA championship. You watching any Rockies? Uh, yeah, sure. I like baseball. I put it on my television. They stink. Uh, they're an organization that is just – absolutely without a plan and they need to be active at the trade deadline and i don't trust them to do that at all but sure the rockies i love betting on them yeah. at home yeah and i love betting on them on the road they're they're really one of the easier teams to bet yeah they hit at home they especially hit left-handed pitching at home yeah they beat good teams at home mm -hmm. and then they go on the road and they can't score and they lose all the time it really is simple betting the rockies I, i'm gonna say that now I'm up slightly on units, so I, if it was that simple, I should be a lot more ahead. It's baseball, it's freaky, but this is a very team, easy team to bet. I know I simplified it, but like tonight, fine. You know, I got him at even money uh, now that lines up to minus 115, but yeah. Merrill Kelly gets rocked here. Dudes just don't pitch well here. I know Arias had a good start finally. Good. Yeah, He usually gets bombed here, but these guys come in, they're just not the same team. And the Rockies can hit them. So as bad as they are, they're an average team at home. So when you're going to a Rockies game, you're going to see an average team. Yeah, generally, yeah. The the Rockies, now again, they got swept by Cleveland at home. Uh, nobody's perfect, but then they turn around, they sweep the Padres. Uh, and then they go on the road, they get swept by Miami. It's just comical uh, when you look at this team. But no, I fully expect them to take two out of three this weekend 
against the D-backs, and then they're going to go to L.A. and get their teeth kicked in because that's what they yes. do. They'll, they'll get to Dodger Stadium, um, and they won't score for three days. That That's what's going to happen, and you can pretty much write it down. But, yeah, the, the, the elevation issues, I think, are, are really – magnified with this team largely just because of how bad they are. You know, like they, they can get the bump at Coors Field. Um, but when they go on the road, they're atrocious. And, you know, good Rockies teams, look, the Rockies will always have these swings, but good Rockies lineups don't have them this dramatically. When they are as dramatic as they have been this season and especially last season as well, it's an indicator of just how bad the talent level is. So I think we got like 26 or 27 days till training camp. Yep. Actually, rookies are going to start reporting on the 18th. I think that's the Raiders and the Bills. But who's count? Um, when are you ready for football? I, I'm a, I've been, I'm a NFL junkie, so I'm one of the ding-dongs that pay attention in the offseason. Yeah. Uh, when are you ready? Um, I'll be ready at the start of training camp. I, the Avalanche have been such a gift, um, and, and I've, I've just I've enjoyed it so much. the The NBA playoffs were weird this year and sucked, lacking in drama. Um, and and yet again, the the basketball junkie in me still found things to enjoy about all of it. Yeah, ba baseball, we, we got to ignore the Rockies for a long time as a sports talk entity. And and believe me, man, we did. We'll, we'll spend some time with them here and then Russ and the gang get there and let's go. And, you know, Russell Wilson is sort of a nonstop uh, content producing machine. He was at Wimbledon yesterday. He was at, uh, at Wembley the other night for the Ed Sheeran concert. He was working out with shoulder pads and a helmet on in the front of the cliffs in the French Riviera. Guy's a total, guy's just a total weirdo, man. He's Tim Tebow with talent, but man, yeah. um, he's he's going to make this team interesting. He's going to make them compelling. And yeah, I'll be ready by the start of training camp. Over under ten wins, or do they hit ten wins? I think they're a ten win team. I think that that's a ten and seven okay. football team that we're looking at right now. Uh, you know, with an outside shot at getting you know a six or seven seed and getting in. AFC West is just brutal, brutal. It's good to be the quarterback of the Broncos here in Denver. I mean, I already got asked for money for his charitable foundation at the uh, checkout line and the self checkout line at the supermarket. So uh, he's cleaning <laughs> up, man. He's cleaning up. Yeah. Yeah, he knows, man. His commitment to the brand, you know who that guy is. And he knows where the cameras are, man. Like, that guy has got a team. There is an operation. It is eye-rolly a lot of the time. But get out on the field and start chucking it deep and take advantage of these, uh, the, the, these skill position players and – all, all over. I'm still gonna make fun of it, but I'll overlook a lot of nonsense. Yeah, you should. Yeah, you should. He's so corny. Yeah, he's such a dork, <laughs> and he's probably gonna, he's probably gonna win some football games yep. here. So that's good. All right, what's happening on the show today? What do you got? More drunk tales from the parade? 
Nuggets, what's happening? Yeah, it, we're, we're going to talk a lot about what's going on with the Nuggets. Uh, let's not forget, Jokic got a super max richest deal in the history of the NBA. So the, the Nuggets will be a big part of the conversation. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll get you ready for Rockies Diamondbacks today. And uh, an hour-long brawl on a Carnival cruise line over a menage a trois. It's, it's all coming up today on the Crackman and Lindahl show. People are still cruising? Apparently. In this economy, in this environment, <laughs> I, I love going on cruises, Crackman. You couldn't get me on a cruise boat right now. I'm not getting quarantined in a in a in a boat. It's not happening. <laughs> well, people Menage are doing a trois, it. Man. I still ain't get, I don't care. You guarantee me a Menage a trois. I'm still not going on a damn <laughs> carnival cruise ship. All right, my friend Nate Crackman, altitude ninety two five. He's the man. Uh, next, we're going to dig a little deeper into the Nuggets. Joel Rush from Forbes. He covers the Nuggets for them. He joins me next, Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com to sign up. Must be 21. Must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. So welcome back. Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. So much going on with the Nuggets. So they land Bruce Brown. That's a good one. They signed DeAndre Jordan yesterday. We'll find out what Joel Rush thinks about that. Joel, of course, with Forbes. They got Nikola Jokic to the Supermax. Devon Reed is coming back. So things are starting to look better, especially defensively for the Nuggets. And Mr. Rush, who covers the Nuggets, he is out in Japan. I always thank him so much for staying up late, for hopping on. My friend, how are you? And boy, how about this little busy streak here for the new general manager, huh? Yeah, I'm doing good. How about you? And thanks for having me on. Yeah, this has been a very busy week here for Calvin Booth, huh? You had the draft. Now you got the free agency. He's doing a good job. I like it. Yeah, quite the roller coaster. And uh, I think part of it is part of the ride is just not really knowing who he is yet in terms of how his approach will be different from Tim Connolly's. And, uh, you know, we're piece by piece, we're starting to see. But, uh, you know, it is, you know, it was kind of baffling on draft night that they didn't seem to, although, Reportedly, they were trying to, you know, I think, uh, check out some trades potentially, but they didn't end up making any trades on draft night except for acquiring that uh, second rounder. But, um, but you know, they didn't make any, like, win-now trades for for a guy like, you know, Bruce Brown, who they just signed, as you said. But, um, you know, so that was a little confusing <laughs> right out of the gates because yeah. it was like, okay, they trade Jermichael Green to get – you know, basically more draft capital in this draft. And most people were thinking, including myself, I think, in fact, the last time I talked with you, I said I would be extremely surprised if they used both of those first rounders and they used them both. So, uh, you know, and I think that was kind of counterintuitive, but now we are seeing them in free agency uh, piece things together in a way that mostly makes sense, putting, as you said, defensive pieces around uh, their core of, Jamal and MPJ and Jokic. So that's really what they needed to do. So I think they're 
in the big picture, when you zoom out, I think they're moving in the right direction here. Yeah, you and me are going to disagree on draft night. I, I, first of all, don't think they could have gotten a veteran because of the salary cap situation. Second of all, I went to Kansas, so you better not say anything bad about Christian Brown. This guy, my friend, he is going to be a nice little boost off the bench as the season goes on. He's NBA-ready defender. He's a cutter, so that's going to be nice with Nikola Jokic. Um, and he can shoot the three. So I think that's going to be a nice move, and I think it actually pays off in the second half of this year. But I get where you're coming from. I think they did get better with Brown, though. Yeah, I, uh, I have nothing against any of the guys they chose on draft tonight. Um, it was more just the philosophical approach right. of, are they trying to build an immediate contender around Nikola Jokic, who is in the prime of his career? And were they using those assets in the best possible way to do that, to accomplish that specific goal, uh, right. irrespective of the guys who they drafted? And uh you, you, I'm sure, probably know Christian Brown better than I do because I'm not much of a draft nick myself. I don't get the chance to watch much college ball, so I'm still learning about these guys myself, admittedly. You're going to love them. Um, but but I, I love what I've seen, you know, in the uh, – he's definitely a scrappy, feisty uh, – you know, he's got no shortage of, like, attitude in the best possible way, I think. And, uh, and yeah, he looks like a great guy to, you know, pretty much – in a similar mold with KCP and mm-hmm. Bruce Brown, he can knock down some threes. He can defend. He's, you know, got that kind of guard wing defender mold and they can put, you know, a lot of those guys on the floor at the same time, uh, conceivably. So uh, that should give them a lot of kind of flexibility in terms of lineup choices. So let's get into Brown just a little bit. We'll start which one? with him because he is. Uh, a- which Brown? Yeah, he's a terrific uh, – yeah, Bruce Brown. Sorry about okay. that. Now, <laughs> this is going to get confusing. Christian Brown is spelled Braun, but yeah. it's Brown. Bruce Brown is spelled Brown, so we're going to Bruce Brown first, all right? We've got two Browns on the team now. Right so, Bruce is a guy that can defend at three different positions, point guard, shooting guard, small forward. Um, really liked what I saw out of him uh, after the Harden trade. 14 points per game, shot over 50%. I mean, this is a guy that can immediately help both offensively and defensively. And for a bench that was horrible last year, I feel like Brown's going to take Austin Rivers' spot. Talk to me here. What do you think about the Bruce Brown signing? Yeah, I agree. I think he'll be that um, backup shooting guard, and he'll slot right in there probably immediately. And Christian Brown may – have a chance to, you know, in spot minutes, start trying to see if he can beat him out on that spot. But, you know, that, that definitely, until he was signed today, um, that was kind of leaving a pretty empty space in that backup shooting guard spot. And that was some really badly needed depth that they added there. And, you know, basically with him backing up KCP, you lose nothing defensively or offensively really at that position, um, whether it's the starters or the bench. So that gives Denver a nice solid guard rotation there of Jamal KCP and the starters and bones and uh, Bruce Brown there as the backups. So I think, you know, we're, we're going to see better backcourt defense from Denver. I mean, I expect <laughs> they will, they'll have better backcourt better. defense than they probably ever had in Jamal Murray's career. Yeah, and uh, they were lacking, but I feel like this is a move directly to take down the Warriors with KCP and 
Bruce Brown. Just my thoughts, but they saw how badly they got gashed in the playoffs. And this is a big step toward doing that. It is. And then you also got, you know, like CP3 and Devin Booker. There's a lot of great guards in the West. Uh, John Morant, um, you know, those guys are up and coming in Memphis for sure. So uh, there, there's a lot of good reasons to have a lot of good guard and wing defense in the West specifically right now, I think. And uh, this also, you know, I think Aaron Gordon and, you know, to his Will Barton kind of became a big scapegoat for a lot of Nuggets fans um, in recent years, but he was never expected to be the number two option on offense. And with MPJ and Jamal being out, he basically just had to be. Um, And the same is true. I think a lot of people forget that the same is true of Aaron Gordon as well, though. Like he was out there, you know, guarding Damian Lillard, (laughs) you know, like he, he had to really cover a lot of ground defensively to make up for insufficiencies on, you know, Denver's roster in that department. And, uh, I think this should unlock Aaron Gordon to be the guy who he can be and really optimize him focusing on that, you know, front court defense and, uh, really, you know, settling back into the role he was meant to play instead of getting overstretched. That was excellent analysis. I love it. I just talked to my counterpart in DC, the DC city cast and he was like, well, we won the trade. KCP's no good. You know, he's an average player. We're getting Will Bart. We're getting Monte Morris. And I said a couple of things. First of all, I think because KCP played in Washington, he probably wasn't the best form of himself. Uh, second of all, this is, meets the perfect need for the Nuggets, right? We got the 3 and D guy that we're going to end up needing. And they get rid of Barton and Morris. I mean, there's some salary that they – let go of right there. I love the KCP move and I have a feeling you're on the same side here. I just, this rounds out that starting five and helps them in the two areas they needed help more than anything else. Yeah. And I think it's almost a mistake to frame it as which team won or lost the trade because different teams have different needs. And, you know, this is a great trade for Washington too. I think like they needed a point guard next to Bradley Beal, and Monte Morris is going to provide that for them. Um, I think because of salaries, a lot of people are calling this Barton for KCP. But in fact, you know, I think the and I'm not the only one saying this; others have said it as well. But looking at it more as Morris for KCP, and you know, with uh, <laughs> Ish and uh, Barton being the swap there, even though the salaries line up differently, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was clear from what I understand that the Washington was not going to give up KCP for only Will Barton. Um, I believe Matt Moore said that, and uh, I think he had like some intel on that. So, you know, what else are you going to give up? Are you going to give up Bones Highland? No, <laughs> you got to keep Bones. Um, and, you know, I think, like you said, the better version of himself. Um, Caldwell Pope, like after you play for a championship team and you get that taste of like competing at that high level, I think it's, you know, it's, it doesn't mean that they don't care and they're not going to actually, you know, try to play hard. But I think if their heart is more like 90% into it rather than a hundred, it's pretty understandable because it just, it means less. <laughs> it really does. You know, like if you're not on a team that's competing for something um, other than, you know, 
like in the case of Washington, they're still kind of in that building phase. And that's just not where a lot of guys who have uh, competed at the highest level really want to be. So I think having the chance to play for a competitor and also having like the perfect role, I mean, in the Denver Nuggets starting lineup, you couldn't ask for, he couldn't ask for a better opportunity to really optimize his, you know, both defensive and offensive talents. Um, so I think we will hopefully see the best from him. So two other guys to discuss mm -hmm. would be the Reed signing. They, you, you're a fan of Davon. And then uh, DeAndre Absolutely. Jordan. And then I'll ask you the million-dollar question at the end. But talk to me about Jordan signing. Uh, I guess Cousins isn't coming back. And then Reed, who really could be a little sleeper here coming up next season. Yeah, I think Reed is, <coughs> you know, potentially poised to really kind of make a leap into being a good, solid, regular rotation player. And I think at this point, it looks like he will be the backup small forward, um, barring any further moves. But right now the roster is full unless they move on from Vlatko Chanchar. So uh, it would seem that Reed will be the backup small forward. So he'll, you know, he'll be in the rotation and he'll get a chance to, you know, he was basically doing like spot, stints and spot minutes for the most part um, thus far. And being in the regular rotation, I think will give him a chance to, you know, develop some consistency, but I mean, he was, I don't have <laughs> the number off the top of my head, but I think he was up in the 43, 44% range of three pointers. Uh, he, I, I believe he may have been the best three point shooter on the nuggets last season or, you know, <laughs> one of the top two or three, but um, he, you know, really, did a lot on defense and offense and, you know, he's in that same category with the Browns and KCP, like a wing with length and, you know, some, uh, I mean, I guess Christian Brown doesn't have a lot of length per se, but, you know, a lot of defensive tenacity and two-way ability that can be switchable in multiple, multiple positions. Um, <laughs> got a little tongue tied there. Sorry, buddy. but uh, you're emotional, I guess. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's exciting because this team is just going to have such a different look, I think, you know, um, and with the right kind of complementary pieces around their core in a way that we just haven't had the chance to see yet. And the uh, potential for it to really work out, I think, is pretty great. Okay, so my last thing to ask you would be what happens when Michael Porter Jr. misses 50 games. And I'm serious here, okay? If Calvin Booth doesn't have a backup plan for that, he's not doing his job. I got to feel like they have – what happens when – it's not an if at this point in my, in my, my book. What's going to happen when he misses a ton of games? He has to be healthy for the playoffs, but what would the plan be? Well, I think right now it would look like the plan is going to be a lot of Bruce Brown and uh, – Good. Davon Reed, um, I, I think, and the switchability of those guys to, you know, move up to the three spot is going to be kind of a key to that. But um, yeah, I mean, they definitely have to plan on Jamal missing some games, probably. Porter missing some games, more probably. Um, and, you know, look at all the surprise injuries they got you know, hit with over the past couple seasons, like 
you just never know. So roster depth is going to be important. Um, but yeah, I mean, Vlatko is there. Jeff Green is there. And Jeff Green did a pretty, you know, commendable job of filling in a starting small forward um, over the last season. So if he needs to play, you know, three games here or seven games there, like, I think he can be a pretty reliable option in those scenarios. Um, you know, obviously you want the team fully healthy for the playoffs, but in terms of, you know, treading water through the regular season, I think they at least have enough patches to patch the boat if it starts leaking a little bit for the time being. Um, which isn't to say, though, that they, you know, couldn't stand to, you know, probably make at least one, you know, trade deadline move or something like that mid-season uh, to kind of bolster things. But um, as things stand now, you know, like, there's also the question of, you know, Peyton Watson and Christian Brown. Christian Brown looks like clearly the most NBA ready of yes. their draftees and Peyton Watson looks pretty clearly like a project. So I don't think he's an option who you can, like it would be unfair to him to throw him in as an option they would want to rely on if Porter got injured. So I think you're really looking at just like that second, you know, bench unit as that's who's got to, you know, pick up the slack there. But, you know, maybe Christian Brown could help. Maybe he could be a contributor quickly um, in a way that probably the other three guys. Although, you know, like also if, say, for example, if you move up Bones to the shooting guard and Colin Gillespie, who was undrafted, but they picked him up at the end of the draft, um, he seems like a, you know, at least a – Faku Campazo level, third string. <laughs> um, we'll take it. You know, as, as a rookie. And he can shoot. So, uh, you know, maybe you don't have too much fall off if you just kind of slide, you know, that um, slide bones over to the two, Bruce Brown over to the three. No. Well, my friend, it is always, always great catching up with you. Thank you so much for the time. Please plug everything that you're doing. If you're a Nuggets fan, make sure you follow Joel on Twitter too. Yeah, it's uh, Joel Rush NBA on Twitter. Uh, just my name with NBA tacked onto it. And then from there, you can get links to my stuff at Forbes. So I would basically just say go to Twitter because that's pretty much where everything is centered around. So. <laughs> All right, Joel. Wonderful, wonderful catching up with you. Thanks for your thoughts. Yeah, thanks. On the Nuggets, uh, the Denver City cast comes back to wrap things up next. Baseball is here, and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every Saturday throughout the season. Place a three-leg same-game parlay of at least $25, and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same-game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to make your perfect combo. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com. Must be 21, must be located in Colorado. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, let's wrap up the Denver City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. I made you wait for the best for last. And it's Joe Madden with the Joe Madden Podcast. Every Thursday, you can catch me on the Joe Madden Podcast. We're going to talk some baseball. We're going to talk Canada Day. Uh, we got July 4th coming up this weekend, Joe, so that's a very big day here. 
Uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever people are listening to this. How are you today, young lady? I'm doing incredible. Are you guys celebrating this whole weekend with the 4th of July on Monday? Is it just one big celebration? Yeah, it's a big celebration. Fireworks, people get drunk. Um, you know, last year, I'm going to have to talk to my ex-wife because last year, apparently they threw a smoke bomb in his direction. He got a head wound. So, you know, it could be very dangerous on the 4th of July. It's wow. not good for animals either. They freak out. Oh, see, my dogs are fine with fireworks. I don't know why. That's weird. Yeah, yeah right? Most of them aren't. But I've taken them what forever is... to the fireworks, so they watched in person. you got to be kidding me. No. And they don't freak out. No, I've never don't. heard of this. They're totally fine. I've never heard of this. So I've got a dog from Atlanta, too. From Atlanta, Georgia. Hmm. So maybe it's, maybe it's him. He's scared of yeah, forks, maybe it so. Is him. Holden. So... So what do you guys do on Canada Day? Do you watch the Blue Jays? Do you just go out and and just celebrate being an amazing country? Yeah, so there's lots of stuff to do on Canada Day. Main thing people do is have barbecues, have drinks, and go to the lake because we actually normally have nice weather on July 1st, which we don't get very much of up in uh, YYC. So yeah, it's going to be just a nice relaxing day at the lake with the friends, with the family and having a couple drinks and a barbecue. All right, good. That sounds good. You watch a little baseball today, maybe? Yeah, definitely. You got a few games on tap? Yeah, definitely be watching my Toronto Blue Jays facing the Tampa Bay Rays today. Really interesting game. This is one where the Toronto Blue Jays were able to get the win um, yesterday, 4-1 to one over the Rays. I really thought that was going to be a higher scoring game. I'm still going to ride with the over here, Holden. We got a total of nine. I do think with this matchup, we will see higher runs produced here. Barros is out for the Toronto Blue Jays. He's got a 5.86 ERA Kluber coming out for the Tampa Bay Rays. His area is pretty solid at 3.45, but we know what Toronto's able to do offensively. So I do think we'll go over the total there. I like Toronto's team total as well at over four and a half at minus 108. Ooh. You and I are on different sides today. You got the race today? Huh? I got the race today. I like the clue bot. I like okay. the clue bot coming out there this afternoon. I do love watching day games too. Were they going to have the roof open, you think? I hope so. I really hope yeah, so. Yeah, I hope so too. The yeah. ball flies a little bit more. That's going to help your total. Absolutely. That's what that's going to do. So a little, I, I love watching this Blue Jays team too. I love betting on them. Uh, offensively, they led the league in runs last month at 6.15. They finally got it together. And boy, that lineup is something else to watch. That's Canada's team, right? Absolutely. Like unless you're in Vancouver, yeah. they like the Mariners a little bit, but everybody likes the Blue Jays up there, right? Even in Nova Scotia and Alberta. Yeah, you have to. You have to like the Toronto Blue Jays. It's the only Canadian team. So we have to get behind them. We have to support them. They're not losing on Canada Day here. They're putting on a big show for their fans. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I could be in a lot of trouble. I might be losing a lot of money then. Ugh. That's not good. If, you're, if your boys win today, I'm going to be sad. I might cry. Well, I think this could be a 6-5 to five game. It could go either way. There could be a little, okay. little bit of luck for the Tampa Bay Rays, but I don't know. They struggled in Toronto. They've only won two of the last seven in Toronto. Yeah, I love a good day slate. So we got a little Red Sox, Cubs, and a little Rays, Blue Jays. That'll be fun. What else is going on in the sports world with you? Or is it just Canada Day? It's and just, we're going to have a good Canada Day weekend. Yeah, just planning to have a good Canada Day weekend for sure. Well, especially today. 
get out, enjoy it. We normally go to the Millville races, but not doing that this year. Um, the horse races out here, but lots of people go to those. They're a lot of fun. So missing out on that right. to enjoy the lake. Joe, tell me all about the Joe Madden podcast. You have like 8 trillion guests. You got so many different plays. You get so many cool things going on. I know that's it's getting bigger now. You're starting to get bigger name guests too. So it must be taken off. Yeah, things are going really well. And I get to have you on every Thursday, which I absolutely love. So it's a lot of fun. I do between um, six and eight, I guess, a day starting at one o'clock Eastern. So it's great. I love the interaction with everyone I have in this community because at the end of the day, it's such a small community and everyone seems to know everyone and so many great people. Yeah, it's just terrific. I'm going to let you get out of here. Go to the lake. Go have a good day. Go have a great Canada Day weekend. I'm going to try and enjoy Independence Day weekend. It'll be good stuff. Good times. Deep breaths, Joe Madden. You have a wonderful time out on that lake today. Thank you. I definitely will. So have a good hey, one. Thanks Holden. to all Thank my you. guests today. It wasn't Joe Madden-like guest group, but, uh, you know, with 20 of them. But thanks to Nate Crackman, Altitude 92.5, my boy Joel Rush, who covers the Nuggets for Forbes. And, of course, my girl, Joe Madden, who hops on here on Friday. I appreciate all that. Have a great 4th of July weekend. You can catch me on the Mothership on VEASAN Saturday from 4 to 8 Mountain Time. You can catch me Sunday from uh, 4 to 6 Mountain Time. And then next week, Tuesday through Thursday, 4 to 5 Mountain Time, I'll be hosting Rush Hour. Thanks to Stephen Young, our producer. Have a great weekend. Thanks for checking out the Denver CityCast, presented by Bet Rivers.